Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. We honor the Father. We honor the Son raised from the dead. We honor the Spirit left, sent, left here to live within. We recognize God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We celebrate God today. We celebrate this great day, this great season, one of the greatest events in the history of humanity happened on this day over 2,000 years ago. We reverence you, God. We remember you, Jesus, because we know what we remember remains alive in us. You said in your word that if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, if the same spirit lives in us, you would quicken, you would make alive, you would give life to this mortal body. Before we go into the word and before everyone gets their Bible, if you're saved, by the precious blood if you're saved through the cross of jesus christ if you are spirit filled and you know that you're alive because of christ i want everyone to open their mouth put their hands together and give god the praise that he is worthy of oh bless his name if you're alive because of christ thank you jesus Hallelujah. Ah. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore. God bless you. Get your Bible, your electronic device. Amen. Bless God. Turn to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. I am so overwhelmed already by the presence of God. The consecration of the last three days has truly, as always, been a blessing to my life and I'm honored Genesis chapter 2 verses 16 and 17 King James Version read it out loud with me even those of you at home bless your hearts ready begin 
And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely. Verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Pray with me. Bow your heads. Father, we're honored as I have already said. I'm overwhelmed by your grace and your mercy. By the reality and the power of who you are 2,000 years later, you're still just as effective and powerful to save, to heal, to deliver, to do miracles. Use me to declare your word today. Help your people gain wisdom and understanding so we can advance your cause and your kingdom. Anoint me like never before anoint the ears to hear and the hearts to receive all for your glory in Jesus name amen God bless you may be seated this whole month and let me just say it's just good to see the saints in the church come on now come on look turn to somebody and clap say it's good to see you it's good to see you it's good to see you add so much dimension to the worship service I know people are still watching, but it's just good to see the saints. Hey, man, if you didn't get the email, the memo you don't have on white, it's just good to see you. Hey, man, it's just good to see you. All right. This month is the month where we Christians celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The world celebrates Easter, bunnies, eggs. We celebrate Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that if you do that, you're in sin. I'm simply saying there's nothing greater and no one greater than Jesus. It would be, at least in my mind, it would be like me coming to your birthday party and tell everyone to celebrate me. We must, in these last days, make sure our attention is where it should be. Because again, what we remember, we relive. And if there ever was a time in the world that we need to relive the power of resurrection, it's right now. The devil, the little G God of this world is using everything in the world to take our attention off of Jesus. And this is why more and more people are dying early of stress and fear because the attention of even many in the church is not on Jesus Christ. And so I have been tasked and I have made it a focus of mine to bring the church, anyone that is influenced by the ministry of E. James Logan, the focus back on Jesus. And everything that God says is important. I'm going to say it again. 
We must remember everything God says is important and make those things our priorities. In marriage, it's impossible to make your spouse think they're the only one for you if you're always at work, playing video games, hanging with your buddies. You cannot make your spouse think they are that important if you don't focus on what's important to them. We are the bride of Christ. We are espoused, we are engaged to Jesus. We cannot make Jesus feel or think we are happy being his bride if we double time and two time and, and hanging out with the world. So this month we're talking about the cross. We're going to make the cross of Jesus the emphasis so we can gain a greater understanding of who our Savior is. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Somehow over the decades, maybe centuries, the church, the world has slowly taken away the church's willingness to teach the people who Jesus is. Church has become more about us than him. It's about who's in leadership, who's friends with who, who dates who, who's in business with who, who's going to get blessed. It's about us and not about him. And I don't know about you, but I don't blame Jesus for not showing up doing miracle signs and wonders if it ain't, if it ain't about him. If this is supposed to be his house, then we got to do what he wants us to do in his house. So we're going to talk about the cross. And so this morning, I'm going to just do my best to just talk to you to give you understanding about the cross. So the title of the message today is Why the Cross? Write it down. Why? Why? Why the cross? We, we, we asked the ushers to pass out tiny crosses. If you got one, wave at me. If you didn't get one and you want one, I think we got some more. Get one on the way out. Don't get up now, but we'll, we'll give you one. So in our foundational scripture here, we see that God commanded man to eat of every tree in the garden except, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree then looms large in the life of every human being because God brought up the tree. So now the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the focus. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why do you think Eve Got all attracted to the tree. She didn't get attracted to the tree of life that was in the garden. She was attracted to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So from the very beginning, from the straight up get go, trees have been our problem. Trees, trees. And in particular, one tree. One tree tripped up Adam and Eve. One tree. The tree then 
is synonymous with the cross. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is synonymous with the cross. So when we talk about the cross, we're also talking about a tree. Talking about a tree. Some of you are old enough to remember back in the days of, of the A-team when Mr. T was real popular. Pity the fool. He lived in Lake Forest, right down the way. And their biggest problem with Mr. T was not all the gold around his neck. He was cutting down all the trees in his yard. <laughs> it's a true story. It's called Lake Forest, man. Forest. Supposed to be trees in a forest. If you didn't want trees, you should have moved somewhere else. So Mr. T had a tree problem. The tree is the place where man fell. This is, this is going to be good to take notes. I'm just going to talk to you about the tree. The tree is the place man fell from grace. The tree. The tree. The tree is the symbol of rebellion and disobedience. The tree is where man wanted knowledge apart from God. Now you're seeing how important the tree was. The tree was a symbol of gaining knowledge apart from God. <laughs> Paul said, knowledge puffeth up. Hosea says, God says through the prophet Hosea, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Please understand, this is not science, technology, engineering, and math. It's the knowledge of God. God says, my people are destroyed because they won't learn about me. Let, me. let me put it in your lap. Jesus says, God says, God says to the prophet Hosea, my people perish because they go to church and they just want to have a good time. They don't want to learn nothing. They want the preacher to cut the cake. And he's sad. Now that's okay if you done taught me something before that. But this is Resurrection Sunday. We just had an altar call for signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm not going to back up and start entertaining you. The tree is where man wanted knowledge apart from God. Isn't it amazing? Or at least it is to me. Here this is the year 2022. Man has been on the planet, some say 6,000 years roughly, others have other dating. But the point being, we've got all of this technology. We've got AI, cell phones, self-driving, like the Jetsons. Yet and still, the earth is no better. People still, more people are murdering more, killing more, wars, rumors. So, so it's the, our knowledge hasn't improved anything. We believe in higher education. 
But your degrees can't change the world. It's the knowledge of God that changes the world. This is exactly why the enemy doesn't want people to go to church anymore. This is why they're attacking preachers like never. I can't imagine. I've never lived in a time when preachers have been attacked so much. Documentaries, three and four uh, 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 episodes of them running down preachers. The tree is where man wanted knowledge apart from God. So... The cross is very significant in terms of what we know and where we get our knowledge from. Where can you can you trace where you got your knowledge from? There's there's this there's this two 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 words that have have entered into our culture that were new to me. I didn't hear this growing up. Fake news. Can you really tell the difference between good news, which is the gospel, and fake news? Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why the cross? Because the cross represents the tree. And everyone that's nailed to a tree, that's connected to the tree, is cursed. Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Verse 13. Watch this now. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. Folks are so hung up on the law. See, that's law. That preacher preaching law. We preach grace. Listen, listen. Sin was in the world before the law was given to Moses. <laughs> Since there was no law, hear me please. Since there was no law when Adam sinned, what is Adam judged by? Say lot. Since there was no law when Adam and Eve ate from the tree that they were not supposed, the forbidden tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Since they ate from that and they sinned and were judged, by what did God judge them? Because it wasn't the law. God judged them. More accurately, God judged Adam because he had already told Adam. See, Adam was not judged, again, based on the law. He's not judged based on anything that Moses wrote. Adam was based, judged on who he was as the firstborn son of God, the first created son of God. Adam was judged because he was made in the image and likeness of God, and he should have known better because of who he was. And he did know better. The problem was Adam listened to his wife. Don't get upset. I'm in the book. Don't get all in your feelings, sister. 
You're already dressed in white. Just keep your mind pure. Keep your heart right. <laughs> See, Adam was made. He was the first made in the image and likeness of God. Adam hung out with God before Eve even came along. Adam knew better. So Adam represents everyone who would be born through him. Adam represents everyone that would be born through him. Say this with me, please. We're all connected. Say a little bit stronger. We're all connected. Let me just interject this here. See, see, you want to know why the world will never get any better, no matter how smart we are, no matter how many times we come together? Because we don't realize we're connected. Isn't that something? We don't know we're all connected. And the only time we're really going to understand how all are connected is when Jesus comes back and sets up his kingdom because everyone in it will have his spirit. Dare I say, dare I say, regrettably, even right now, all of us in this building and those who are watching, we all don't have the same spirit. In just what I have said so far, some of you are misinterpreting it because you got a different spirit. Adam was judged because he was created first. He was the first to have the knowledge of God and was given dominion and responsibility to steward all of creation. Think about that. Think about that. That's an awesome responsibility. You can't be getting God wrong. God is not a bad communicator. God knows how to say what he means and get us to understand what he means when he says what he means. You're not going to hear from God and walk away confused. That ain't God then. It's not God. That's not God then. If you hear from God and you walk away confused, don't tell somebody you heard from God. Tell them, I think I might have heard from God. See, people are not just subject to death because of our own personal transgressions. I'm going to say that again. We are not subject to death because of our own personal transgressions alone. We are subject to death because we're connected to Adam. What Adam did is on us. This is why it's so important to rebuild the family structure. That's why I talk about it all the time. And the older I get, you're going to hear me talk about it more. Because that's how you don't understand when you have your daddy's name, you got his DNA and some of the challenges he had and some of the the strengths in him. You have it too. Because you're connected. When you don't know who your father is, you don't know what's in you. Your gifts and your faults and flaws. You don't know. Because we're connected to Adam, what he did is in us. Show you how powerful it is. 
Verse 14 says, yet death ruled from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin in the same way Adam did. It don't matter if you didn't eat from the tree like Adam. Adam's sin is still on you if you're not saved. Adam was so powerful that when Eve ate the fruit, nothing happened until he ate it. Better hear the preacher today. Nothing happened when she ate it. But when Adam ate it, God started talking. Because you're me in the earth. Adam, you're me. You represent me. God is showing how all of us are connected through Adam's sin. Adam is a type and example and a pattern of Christ. Acts 5.30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hung on a tree. Adam's sin, of course, and Eve, Adam's sin with the tree caused a major ripple throughout the universe. That's why the cross is a universal symbol of Christianity. So why did Jesus die on the cross? The first Adam sinned by eating from a tree. The first Adam stole knowledge from a tree. So Jesus had to be put back on the tree. God put Jesus back on the tree to replace what Adam stole. It didn't belong to Adam. Why was Jesus' hands pierced? Because it was the hands of Adam that stole from the tree. You don't realize how powerful your hands are. Hmm. Why was Jesus' side pierced? Because Eve was taken from Adam's side. And she was the one that was tempted and fell for it. So Jesus, the last Adam, not just the second, but the last is making redemption for his wife, the body and bride of Christ. So he had to be pierced in his side. Why was Jesus' feet pierced? Because after the fall of Adam and Eve, there's a prophecy, a messianic prophecy. In Genesis 3.15, God said, I'll make you and the woman hostile towards each other. Since you tricked her and she listened to you, I'm going to make you all hostile towards each other. I'll make your descendants and her descendants hostile towards one another. He will crush your head and you you will bruise his heel. 
Why was there a crown of thorns put on Jesus' head? Because of the curse of creation that resulted in Adam and Eve's fall. Genesis 3, 17 and 18. Cursed is the ground, God says, because of you. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Verse 18. And the ground will grow what? Thorns and thistles. So Jesus had to wear a crown of thorns to break the universal curse that's on the earth. The crown of thorns was put on his head so that you and I no longer have to sweat to work and sweat to make ends meet and sweat to make it. I want you to know the curse of you sweating just to make ends meet is over. I want you to know the curse. I don't care how high gas is. Don't you worry about it because Jesus put the crown on his head so that the earth would not bring forth thorns and thistle to you. Tell somebody my income is going up because Jesus was crucified and resurrected. My ground isn't cursed. Tell somebody, my ground isn't cursed. My home isn't cursed. My neighborhood isn't cursed. Things are turning around right now. Because Jesus took the curse. Somebody with some faith say, no more minimum wage for me. Hallelujah. I'm not going to sweat and work for peanuts and popcorn and struggle to have my family make it. Jesus broke that curse. I'm not going to eat from the sweat of my brow and sorrow eking out a living, just mad, going to work mad. I remember them days, waking up mad, going to work mad, being mad at work, being mad on the way home from work, being mad when I got home. No wonder nobody get along in the house. Everybody got a crown of thorns on your head. Take it off, Jesus put it on. Jesus reconciled us back to God by storing, restoring the right relationship we have. You shouldn't be struggling to be healed, to be blessed. You shouldn't struggle to go to sleep at night. You should have peace. I speak it over your life now. We talked about this last night in our last night of consecration. On Saturday, Jesus went to hell and preached to those souls in prison. So you and I don't go to hell. So what the hell are you worried about? You ain't going to hell. I ain't worried about going to hell. I got peace with God. I ain't going to hell. I'm experiencing some kingdom heaven now on my way to more kingdom heaven. Receive it. Receive it. 
Revelation 20, 12, and behold, or excuse me, and I saw the dead, rather, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Somebody say the books. Somebody say the books. Tell somebody, God got some books. Ooh, yes, 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 yes. And the books were open, and another book was open, which was the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, plural, according to their works. God got some books. That's got everything you and I have done in them books. God, tell your neighbor, God got some books on you. <laughs> God got some stuff on you. Some stuff we didn't see you do, but God saw you do, and he wrote it in his book. I know that makes us all nervous, but it's true. See, the books are the deeds recorded in heaven done by every person who ever lived. You see, and in the courts of heaven, we will be judged by what's written in those books. Exodus 20, uh, Exodus 32, 32 and 33. But now if you will forgive their sin, Moses, of course. But if not, Moses said, blot my name. Let me, let, me, let me read it accurately. I'm getting excited. But now, if you won't forgive them, please blot me out of your book that you have written. That's the book of life. Moses said, if you won't forgive these people that you told me to pastor, then blot my name out of your book. Mm -mm -mm. Verse 33. And the, oh man, let another wave come through here. And the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. So in other words, Moses, that sound real noble. Sound real good, bruh. But everybody's going to be accountable for everything they do. Wow. Does, does that mean you can't blame the pastor if you go to hell? Not if they teach in the word. But if they don't study and all they want to do is just give you nursery rhymes and hit that Hammond B3 and entertain you and got two or three people on the side screaming for them. You ain't learned nothing. So you will be held accountable for what that man or woman did not tell you. But Moses gave them the law. Moses gave them everything God told him to give them. So I don't care how mad they got at Moses and how much Moses wanted to preserve them. God said they're going to be held accountable because you gave them my word. Revelation 3, 5. And he that overcometh, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not, I will not blot his name out of my book but I will confess here we go God says I will confess somebody say confess God says I will confess his name before my father and before my angels do you realize I'm gonna tell you of course do you realize what it means for God to confess your name See, we're having, 
We're having trouble confessing his name to others. I don't believe you're going to have that problem after this. Because, see, when God confesses our name, first of all, first of all, to confess is to make a public admission. It's public. It's public. Our name, our name, you know this, I've taught this over the years, nature, character, reputation. Our name represents all that we are. Do, do you realize that? If you a thief, when somebody say your name, oh, the thief? I'm, I'm going to be real gracious because it's Easter and I got on white. I talk like my mama. If you a sister that always in the bed with somebody, oh, fling tail? Please hear my love. Please hear my love in this. That's why I'm old enough not to like uh, titles like baby mama. Ain't a whole lot of love and grace in that. Just baby mama. I'm old enough to remember mother's mama. I'll always love my mama. She brought me in the world. Okay, all right, all right. The name represents all that we are. Do you realize in God's economy, our name represents all that we really are? You might be able to fool some folk down here, but you ain't fooling God. And when he write in the book, he write who you really are. Adulterer, murderer, a homosexual. He, he, wrote, he wrote who you really are. But when we get saved, we get a name change. Oh, I don't know about you. I'm glad I'm saved for real. Hey. Because I used to be drug, thug, fool, player, pimp. Used to be a lot of that stuff. But I got a new name. And that name represents who I really am. He, he, write down these three things real quick. It represents my interests, what I'm really, really interested in. It means my rank. My name is my rank. And my name in the kingdom of God is the authority God gave me. Pastor. Pastor. Bishop is an office that a person desires. It's not a part of the fivefold. <laughs> Pastor is the name and title and anointing that Jesus released in Ephesians chapter 4. Why is that significant? Because for God to confess our name is for him to announce who we are to all of creation. When God confesses your name to the angels and all of creation, he is announcing your rank. Remember when Jesus came up out of the water in baptism? He declared Jesus' name. He said, this is my beloved son. 
hear him. Now all the creation hears, heard him. That's why when he went to get taxes, the fish had to swim up with it in his mouth. That, that, that's why when the little girl was sick named Tabitha, he could say, daughter, arise, because all of creation, sickness, disease, demons, death, heard what he said. This is why you need God to know your name. This is why you need God to say your name, because when he says your name, all of creation now recognizes who you are. That's why the seven sons of Sceva, when they were trying to do what they saw preachers and evangelists and anointed people do, when they tried to cast demons out, the demons said, wait a minute, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. But God ain't never mentioned your name. I ain't never heard your name in the realm of the spirit. You have no rank or authority. We've got people using God's name without any rank or authority. You know, Jeroboam, when the kingdom was split under Solomon from, to Jeroboam and Rehoboam, Jeroboam, he did what many have done over the centuries to the church. When God had told Israel back in, in Exodus on the seventh month, on the 15th day, everybody gathered together. That's the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a holy gathering. Well, when the kingdom split, Jeroboam didn't want the, the people to rec go back to Jerusalem and remember who they were and be united. I'm prophesying. He wanted the people to stay divided between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the ten northern and the two southern, Judah and Israel. He wanted the people of God to stay divided. Do you realize there are demons that still want us to stay divided? Do you realize there are people that go to church that want the church to be divided? So Jeroboam said, no, we, we, we ain't going to go on the seventh month in the 15th day. I tell you what, they're, 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 we're going to go on the eighth month. We're going to have a feast of our own on the eighth month in the 15th day. He changed what God said was important and made the people believe what he said was important to do what he said. You better hear the preacher. He changed what was holy into profane and made what was profane holy. <laughs> and that wasn't, if that wasn't bad enough, this guy, the Bible says it. The Bible says, Elder Benny, you know this, he took ordinary people and made them priests. That's what's going on today. We got ordinary folks and the apostles. You can't make yourself an apostle. So we are ordinary people giving the word of the Lord to God's people that ain't the word of the Lord. To be a priest, you had to... You had to follow a family lineage, which meant God had anointed the family and the knowledge was easily passed down along with the anointing. To 
day, it's equivalent to being in a church under a real five-fold ministry gift that is learned in the scriptures, has revelation from God, has an anointing on their life that they teach you and transfer on to you. But if you have no pastor, if you have no one to pass on to you what they got from God, you just popped up one day. You do the math. God didn't call you. <laughs> how, how many of you all have old school mothers? And I'm going to qualify what that is because some of y'all think you do, but you don't. So, you know, and this, I'm just using this as an example. I'm not, don't call DCF, don't call them on me. Don't call the police on me. But an old school mother, and I'm going to say it just like this, an old school mother mentioned the back of her hand a lot to you. I'm looking at the mothers. Some, some, if you don't know what it is, ask somebody after church. <laughs> So, so I said that to say this. I said that to say this. I was thinking about this actually during worship when, when Pastor Cab was flowing as he did. And he kept doing the same verse over and over again. We, we, don't, we don't do that too much in the church anymore. At least not this one. We're going we'll to probably get back to that. Because see, 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 old school mother, she didn't call me a lot of times. Jimmy! Jimmy! Now, I was there by the, by the time she said, now? <laughs> See, when God calls you, it's important that you arrive as soon as possible. <laughs> Many are called, but few are chosen. It's not enough for you to say, God called me. The issue is, did he choose you? It's not enough to say God called you. You got to know whether he chose you. Because when God called you, just like your mama, old school mama, when you came to her, the first thing you did was say, yes, ma'am. What do you want? You didn't run to your mama and say, I want some ice cream. I called you, boy. Be quiet. So when God calls you, the first thing you need to do is shut up and listen. And it's easy to tell folk that ain't listening to God because you ain't saying what's in his word. But you swear God called you, but you prophesying stuff ain't even in the Bible. When God calls your name out, whoo, God in heaven. When God calls your name out of his mouth, do you realize how powerful that is? Because God said in Isaiah 55 that the words that come out of my mouth do not come back void. So if God 
only be fruitful. If God says your name out of his mouth, it's impossible for you to fail. No word that comes out of God's mouth comes back empty of what he put in it. Luke 6.22. I'm almost finished. Blessed are you when men shall hate on you and when they shall separate you from their company or when they say get away from me we no longer want to hang out with you he says and shall reproach you that means say bad things about you here's what it means in its depth when all they want to do is bring up your past here you are saved sanctified god is using you and every time you run at him all day i remember did you used to sell drugs jimmy I've been pastoring 25 years, fool. Where you been? <laughs> Sorry about that. I kind of got. <laughs> Forgive me, Jesus. <laughs> Man, even law enforcement started looking at me in the church. <laughs> All they want to do is bring up what you used to do. He goes on to say, and shall cast out your name. Oh, you ain't saved. You ain't all that. I remember we used to. Come on, man. You, you probably still, I got something in the, in, the, in the glove box. You still want something? You probably still do that stuff, don't you? They're casting down your name. They're putting down your reputation. They are ignoring or at the least can't see your new rank your new position in the kingdom and your new authority in Christ. But the time is coming, my brothers and sisters. Somebody said, my time is coming. (laughs) Say it again, say, my time is coming. (laughs) The time is coming when God says your name out loud. See, that's why it's crucial that you and I, well, I've already done it, but when you get saved, you do it publicly. So God can say publicly, leave this one alone, devil. Sickness and disease, leave this one alone. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved, leave this one alone. I know there's some people right now, you're tired of the devil dogging you on every step you take. You feel him breathing down your neck. You know you're saved, but you haven't confessed it publicly, so God hasn't confessed your name publicly. So now is the time during this resurrection season, everyone stand on your feet, please, for you to make a public declaration. You can't do this privately. Don't make no difference how many people watch it on Facebook. You need to come down to the altar and open up your mouth publicly and say Jesus Christ is my Lord he was resurrected on this day I confess him as my Lord and Savior so he can confess me everyone lift your hands please When God opens his mouth and confesses your name,
curse of the tree is broken. The tree that Jesus hung on, that he bled on, that he gave his life upon. Today, today, if you want God to say your name, if you want God to confess, <laughs> the word confess means to say the same thing as. It's time out for us saying, it's time out for us saying one thing about us that God isn't saying. It's time for us to say the same thing that God says about us. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, matter of fact, let's just bring it all together. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, if you're backslidden, if you walked away from Jesus, it's time for you to come back. Everyone that's not saved, everyone that's not born again, everyone that has not made Jesus Christ your Savior and your Lord, every one of the curses on the tree are still on your life because of Adam. Not to mention the things you did. They're all written in God's book. If you want your name not blotted out of the Lamb's book of life, raise your hand right now. Raise it. I need to be saved Come on, don't be ashamed. I see your hand. Don't, don't, don't. you can't, you, you, you gotta be bold about this. This is not the time to question it. That's why you came to church, whether you knew it deep down in your soul, that's why you're here. So again, if you wanna be saved, raise your hand and raise it high. I see your hands, keep your hands lifted. If you walked away from God and you know you need to walk back, raise your hand, raise it. I see some hands. If you raised your hand, Please say excuse me and come to this altar right now. That's why this service was put on. That's why the video wall and the singing and the dance, it's, that's what it's all about. You, right now, you. It's about you. Come on, come on. Come on, praise God, everybody. Come on. If you really praise him, they'll come. I know I saw more hands. Come on, come on. We're going to clap until you come. We're not going to stop clapping until you come. Come on, keep clapping. Keep clapping, there's about seven more people. Come on, clap your hands. You gotta do it publicly. I want God to say your name. I want your name to mean something in heaven, in hell and on earth. Come on down here, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, uh, uh, worship team. Come on, worship team. Come on, come on, give God the glory. Don't stop clapping, there's some people that need to come. This, mean, this, is, this is a life-changing event for you. you will, your life will never be the same again when demons listen to you, when angels listen to you. All right, now I got one more altar call. You're in here today, and God sent you here 
to make this church your church home. You're already saved. You moved here from somewhere. Things shifted in your life. You need a church home. You've already asked Jesus to be your savior and your Lord, but you need a church home. If that's you, come down here right now. We will receive you. We'll receive you. Come, 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 come. Glory to God. Come on, come on, praise God. Come on, you need a church home. You need it. You don't need to be looking again. No, no, we I'm kind of no, no, no. Your search is over. Come right now. Come right now. Your search is over. Come right now. Come, 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 come on, 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 come on. We like this all the time. This us, this be us, this be us. You don't need another service. This be us. Come on, singers. Come on, worship team. Thank you. Everyone stretch your hands towards the, your brothers and sisters at the altar. Stretch your hands. Everyone at the altar, repeat this prayer after me. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Loud. If you holler it, it's good. The louder, the better. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you're the savior of the world. Today, I want you to come into my heart, come into my life, save me, wash me with your blood. I believe you died on the cross for me. Pastor, would you lay hands on these women of God here? They're all women. Save me, Jesus. I need to be saved. Come on, say it. Save me, Jesus. I need to be saved. Take me out of the hands of the enemy. I want to live in your life and in your hands. I thank you now for saving me. And as Pastor Deborah lays hands on me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I need your Spirit living in me so I can hear your word understand your word and obey your word I thank you Jesus for this new season in my life I will never be the same because of your cross in Jesus name amen y'all go ahead and sing something come on give God the praise y'all give him the praise say my name Say my name, Jesus. Say my name. Hallelujah. Say my name, oh God. Say my name. I need the universe to know who I am. I need the world to understand I have authority from you. I need demons to tremble when I say your name because my name is connected to your name and your name is connected to my name and things will change as I understand the power of your name. Together, all together, work. 
together. Why don't you get your electronic device or an envelope, whatever you're going to sow. I'm going to do this together. I'm going to do this prayer together. Because it is so connected to our fruitfulness. The cross should remind us of the power we've been given. Father, as we sow our seed into your kingdom, we understand how we are so connected to you. We must learn of you. We are intimately connected to you, just like we were intimately connected with the first Adam and everything he did transferred onto us without us having to do anything. Now that we're saved, now that we're born from above, we are so connected to you, Jesus. Help us understand the power of that covenant connection that everything you do is associated with us so we can walk in that power. As we release our seed, let the power of that seed bring forth fruit all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, bless the people of God after we sow our seed and worship goes forth. May this Resurrection Sunday mark a new beginning for each and every person that heard this word as to why the cross, why was Jesus nailed to a cross? for our liberty, for our freedom. So the earth would not curse us, but rather be a blessing to us. May we walk in that truth and that revelation henceforth now and forevermore. Be blessed, love you, good to see you. Come back next Sunday, come back next Wednesday. You can come Thursday. We may not be here, but you can come if you want to. We just want you to come. God. Love you. God bless you. Let's worship the Lord together. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.